Tuesday morning broadcast. JM and the M, guess what? Hanukkah begins Sunday night. No joke. Hanukkah's right around the corner. And we wish everybody a happy, healthy, wonderful Hanukkah, but also a safe Hanukkah. There are a lot of things that need to be kept in mind, both Hanukkah-related and this time of year-related. And Harry Rothenberg, who's a partner at the uh, Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com, is with us live via telephone. In addition to um, having a Parsha vlog every week that we love featuring and that uh, really takes care of uh, a lot of good um, a lot of good spiritual stuff <laughs> before Shabbos. And there's also some uh, very important messages regarding the law and safety that need to be that need to be um, uh, said, and uh, we need to remind the community about as we get closer and closer to Hanukkah. Harry Rothenberg, partner at the Rothenberg Law Firm, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Always nice to be back. I appreciate that. All right, so I guess the most obvious is that, uh, and, and I, I'm going to put it this way in a very positive uh, in a very positive vein. I don't know if you've noticed, but over the last couple of decades, the uh, I think the community in general has really, really um, made sure to implement uh, systems and implement procedures that would uh, call for as uh, as much safety regarding fire, candles, etc., as possible. What I mean by that is, if you look at the old days, so to speak, a lot of people were a little bit negligent, a little bit more lax when it came to where to light and what's near what you are lighting. And I think that uh, both in the dormitory settings and the public settings, people are becoming much, much more aware of all the danger, God forbid, that could occur. Uh, because of the Hanukkah candles, so kudos to everybody for that. And I know that you have a uh, that you have plenty of reminders for people about how important it is to stay safe this time of year, especially when it comes to the Hanukkah candles. Yeah, I certainly agree that we're heading in the right direction. Uh, organizations and individuals have done a great job getting the word out, uh, specifically with respect to how to prepare and how to stay safe. But we're not there yet. Until there are zero fires on Hanukkah, we're not there yet. And and with that in mind, we remind people that uh, where they're lighting in their own home, whether it's, uh, I don't know, close to furniture, close to curtains, etc., and uh, where they're lighting in public places, um, certainly, like I said, a lot of, uh, a lot of institutions that uh, have dormitories, etc., have gone the really smart route of designating a specific place in the building for people to light. Uh, I know there's a preference. People want to light where they sleep, etc., but, but they've, they've understood that it's more important to be as safe as possible, and those uh, and those restrictions and those guidelines are certainly welcome this time of year. Now, unfortunately, and you could say this from experience, you've seen the damage that can be done when things do get out of control when it comes to candles, fires, etc. Not just Hanukkah, but other times of year as well. Um, what can you tell people about the the God forbid unbelievable uh, a, a, a damage that can be done if they're not careful in this regard? Well, it's, look, the dangers of fire are obvious. They're, it's a danger to, uh, to persons, uh, that lives have, have been lost and can be lost, uh, and danger to property, less important, but also important. And I'm not a rabbi. I only play one once a week on TV. <laughs> but, For us. I, exactly. But my understanding is that the halacha that mandates lighting does not also force someone to put their own lives or the lives of their children or the lives of their neighbors in danger. And unfortunately, we have too many examples of that where people's lives were put in danger and the absolute worst has happened. So everybody out there, please, we remind you as you get set to uh, start preparing, and there are people already, I'm sure, who are taking out the Hanukkiot, who are putting up the uh, Hanukkah menorahs, 
uh, be extra careful in judging where they're going to be lit and um, what's around where the uh, where the menorah is, and we should hopefully make this as safe a Hanukkah as possible. And by the way, you've you've been on, or your colleagues have been on in the past, uh, talking about what goes on in the kitchen, how dangerous that can be in terms of injuries, etc. And there's a lot of oil, a lot of oil being cooked, and a lot of different uh, delicacies being made. That again, if you're too close, or if someone of a certain age is too close to that stove, it could get very dangerous. Right. Yeah, I like to say that we can borrow halacha from kashras. You can have a, you should have a mashkiach tamidi, somebody who's yotzev nechnas. You know, if you've got fires burning, whether it's the Hanukkah candles, whether it's in the kitchen, keep an eye out. Somebody should be going in and going out. Um, and if somebody has got to light and then leave the home, well, that's why Hashem invented the local Orthodox rabbi. And I think that's a conversation that people should have. Yeah. Uh, is there a dispensation to put the, the candles out after the required minimum, minimum amount of time if we have to leave the house so that we don't leave candles burning in the house? Yeah, that's another aspect that I think has, uh, has really uh, become a very important part of the education of our community. There are many rabbis who would advise that, that once the time limit, so to speak, has been passed, uh, or the time requirement has been passed, um, that those candles might be able to be put out. Again, consult with your local rabbi. Harry Rothenberg is with us. Um, all right, uh, this is a very interesting time of year because um, there are a lot of celebrations going on. There are Hanukkah celebrations and family celebrations, which are wonderful, uh, but there are also corporate celebrations. There are year-end parties that people attend, etc. And I think that um, very often people don't understand legally um, the level of liability that a host of a party or uh, or a supervisor of a party might have. What could you tell us about this topic? Well, I could tell you that we are actively involved uh, right now and at any given time in cases against hosts who have served alcohol to people who were visibly impaired, and those people have gone out, gotten into accidents, and killed or maimed others. Uh, so the, 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 there's the responsibility is on the host. Uh, there are laws that, that require the host to be careful when dispensing alcohol, both to people who are visibly impaired and to minors. And when you say host, you don't just mean someone who's hosting in their own home. I would guess you mean somebody who has invited people to a restaurant and they're supervising or they're the ones in charge, so to speak, uh, and maybe even people in the restaurant uh, themselves, right? Of course, in any fashion. We have those cases going on against individuals, against restaurants, against bars at any given time. Has any of this uh, changed in terms of how much someone is allowed to drink uh, and then drive? I mean, I, 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 I believe... I remember reading that the uh, alcohol level, the acceptable alcohol level, has in fact uh, been reduced and one can't drink as much as they used to. Is that true? So I can't tell you specifically because it can vary state to state, um, but, but my general rule of thumb is this. If you have to ask the question as to whether you can drive, you can't drive. <laughs> right. Keep it simple. Well, that is a very good piece of advice. Uh, so year-end parties, everybody out there has to be extremely careful and if you're hosting that party, realize your level of liability. Hanukkah, we spoke about it. Anything else this time of year that that you think would be a good time to um, to remind people about in terms of specific episodes or incidents? I, I do want to go back to the Hanukkah candles for a second sure. because I think there's one, one more bit of advice. Um, you mentioned preparing where to light, and obviously you have to light the candles away from drapes, away from furniture, away from curtains, um, which is the, the most common way that the Hanukkah candles can start a fire. Uh, what, by moving them away from furniture, from drapes, etc., what you also can do and should do is create a pathway so that you can get to both sides of the table on which you're lighting. And that's important because, thank God, to the extent we've often been blessed with large families, you'll have families that are lighting manures in rows. 
and it's very dangerous to reach over a lit menorah to light a second one. You'll say, who would ever do that? And the answer is, well, you might light the first one, the one furthest away from you, then light the one closer to you, and then the light goes out on the one further away, and you reach over, which is a no-no, better to walk around the table and relight it from the other side. So you're, and this is an interesting suggestion, and I'm just thinking back to when my kids were small and got a little too close to the candles at times. Uh, you're suggesting leave an aisle, so to speak, on both sides of each Chanukiah, right? Correct, around the table. So you can get at the ones on the, that, are, that are on the other side without reaching over lip, a lip menorah. Mm, a so lesson that I learned the hard way myself many years ago when I accidentally set my shirt on fire. Managed to put it out without injury, but not something that I want to do again. Isn't it, want anyone else to do again. Isn't it funny how the most obvious thing uh, is something we've never thought of before? But, yes. th- but that's, a, that's a good setup piece of advice. Everybody out there, a lot of people already are getting their big menorahs ready and their small menorahs ready for Sunday night. Keep that in mind. Leave as much room as possible that you don't have to reach over a lit flame and light a menorah. Just another good tip. Harry Rothenberg with us from the Rothenberg Law Firm. And Harry, as you always say and your colleagues always say, you don't want to hear from anybody. You'd prefer not to hear from anybody. Uh, you'd like everyone to be as safe as possible and keep this as uh, as safe a a chag as possible. Obviously, if anybody would need you for any reason, uh, it's injurylawyer.com. Uh, but again, you would prefer if everybody uh, if everybody gets into their it gets into situations where they where they are safe and sound and would have no reason to contact you guys. Amen. Stay safe. I thank you so much for joining us and a happy Hanukkah to you. You're very welcome and thank you and to you as well. Big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. Uh, Harry Rothenberg is a partner and you uh, have all the information you need on the website, injurylawyer.com, injurylawyer.com. They can be of any help with anything, but as they always stress, and they've proved it through this show, uh, they would prefer if everybody takes as many precautions as possible, stays away from all the problems, legal and otherwise, most important, the, uh, the safety situations. Uh, make it as safe a Hanukkah as possible. And as you're hosting or uh, inviting people to participate in year-end celebrations, which are so common in these parts, uh, realize the liability that you could be uh, faced with if, God forbid, the uh, absolute worst happens and one of your guests uh, ends up taking someone else's life because of their bad decisions regarding drinking. Understand the responsibility of those who are hosting these events and who are supervising the events in their restaurants and public places. JM in the AM. More coming up. Keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.